Guru Nation, welcome to episode 456 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. In this episode, I answer one of the most frequently asked questions that I get, uh, how to become a clinical research coordinator. So in this episode, I'm gonna be discussing just that. Uh, it's obviously gonna be of interest to anybody trying to become a clinical research coordinator, or if you know anyone who's trying to be a clinical research coordinator, feel free to share this with them. I hope somebody finds some value out of this. Uh, links in the show notes to the CRC Academy, also the CRA Academy, also the Patreon channel, and finally, if you want to text me for any reason, 949-415-6256. Also, I mentioned Latinos in Clinical Research. That is also in the show notes, latinosinclinicalresearch.com. All ethnicities welcome. Finally, if you need help getting more studies for your site, text me, 949-415-6256. With that being said, enjoy the show. Hello, Guru Nation. Welcome back to another episode. This is going to be a special one because it's one that I haven't done in a long time, probably since the beginning of my YouTube channel. So I know we have a lot more viewers now, a lot more listeners on the podcast. And so there's a lot more opportunities to bring you new stuff and new perspectives. And, you know, got some grays in my beard so we've you know i've learned a little bit more about this kind of stuff and i've actually been through um some hiring like a quite a bit of hiring process myself with with clinical research coordinators so this video this episode is going to be how to become a clinical research coordinator now before we start I want to tell you we have a CRC Academy, that's a Clinical Research Coordinator Academy, that sets you up for success basically. And all the stuff we're going to talk about in this particular episode, uh, we actually help you with a lot of that stuff there. So a lot of the stuff here that sounds like a lot of hard work, uh, a lot of blood, sweat and tears that, uh, that a lot of these strategies may entail we kind of make that a little less painful for you in the CRC Academy. Besides also giving you the three-month course, which is like the fundamentals of being a coordinator. It's a three-month online course, but then we have the internship component, which is really where the magic happens for clinical research coordinators. So with all that being said, how does one become a clinical research coordinator? There's several possibilities. I mean, probably as many as you can imagine. But usually, somebody becomes a study coordinator either because they work for a doctor and uh, the doctor decides to start getting into research for him or herself. And so they start to promote people from within. So these doctor's offices, they all often have medical assistants. Uh, and a lot of times these medical assistants, because they already know how to draw blood, they already know how to do vitals, they already know how to do a lot of the um, 
on the ground type of work with the patients, which is what a coordinator oftentimes is going to be required to do. Not always. Some sites really have everything streamlined to where they have somebody who draws blood, somebody who processes the blood, somebody who uh, screens the patients on the phone, so like pre-screening visit, somebody who does a consent form with the patient, somebody who enters the data in the EDC. You have sites that are streamlined, but the majority of sites, the coordinator does everything, everything I just mentioned and more. Sometimes the coordinators even do recruitment of patients. Sometimes coordinators even, sometimes study coordinators even uh, get involved in the budget, the contracts and budgets, the startup regulatory, the regulatory maintenance. You can watch all this stuff in my five-hour video on clinical research, all the details of what a coordinator does, what a CRA does. But how to become a coordinator, number one, you either luck into it because you happen to work with a doctor who is doing research and they promote you, or maybe you work at an academic medical center or a hospital where they're also doing research and they promote you. So then you kind of become aware of clinical research. But let's assume that's not you. Let's assume you're someone just watching this or listening and you're thinking, okay, well, how do I become a clinical research coordinator? And you gotta look at the research sites in your area. You gotta know where they are. I wouldn't really spend too much time with the big sites like the hospitals or the academic medical centers in your area unless you feel good about doing that or you really want to work in one of those places you can go try and intern there uh, but you'll have much better success interning at a local smaller type of site in your area so how do you find these sites in your area you google you just google research clinic and then your zip code and you should see different stuff pop up. Or you can put clinical research and your zip code and see different sites pop up. Another thing you can do is uh, go on clinicaltrials.gov and search for your zip code or your city and your state. And then you'll find a list of studies. Uh, and it, if, if that's the search criteria you used on clinicaltrials.gov, then every listing that comes up will have one site that's in your area. So then you need to click on each listing and go look at study locations. On clinicaltrials.gov, there's a tab that says study locations. Uh, once you click on the study, you can see study locations towards the middle to bottom of the clinicaltrials.gov listing. And sometimes they'll have the site name. Other times they won't, so then you're out of luck there. But sometimes they have the site name. Sometimes they even have a phone number for the site. Sometimes they even have an email of somebody at the site. However it is, you got to first identify the sites in your area that you want to intern at. Then you got to start thinking, putting yourself in their shoes, what do they need and what do you have? What can you provide them? Even if it's an internship, okay, people, sites, they don't necessarily want to waste time training people, even if it's for free, because number one, Many people at the site level, they don't have time to do that. And number two, many are not even good at training people. They want people that are already experienced. So you've got to figure out what you can do to provide that site with real value. For example, if you're a medical assistant, 
you probably know how to draw blood, probably know how to do vital signs, you probably know how to do uh, ECGs, you probably know how to do a lot of things that take up time for that site. So you can go volunteer at the clinic and say, hey, you know, I'm a medical assistant, I want to get involved in clinical research, I'll intern here for free if you need help drawing blood or processing labs. Um, if you want extra credit, if this is the route you go, go get an IATA, I-A-T-A, go get a free IATA certificate online. Just Google IATA training, I-A-T-A. And uh, if you need help with the link, email me, dan at theclinicaltrialsguru.com. I'll send you the actual link. Um, but that's one of the things I would do if you're a medical assistant. Another thing to add to your repertoire is figure out how to get studies for the sites. Figure out how to do business development for the sites. So since you've already gone on clinicaltrials.gov to identify sites in your area, you're familiar with clinicaltrials.gov. So now just go on clinicaltrials.gov, find out what kind of studies those sites do that are in your area. So you're gonna map them out. You should probably have an Excel sheet or a Word document. And then you have each site and underneath you'll have the different therapeutic areas that they specialize in. This is where you gotta do your due diligence. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work even to work for free for somebody. It's a lot of work, as you can see, but it's the way to go, in my opinion. So, and I've interviewed somebody, before you get discouraged and say, this sounds like a lot of work, it will never happen for me. I just interviewed somebody from my CRA Academy um, who, I, I just interviewed somebody, I think she was from my CRA Academy. Uh, no, no, she was not in my CRA Academy because if you're in my CRA Academy, you already have the internship part set up for you as well. So I just interviewed somebody who tried this strategy and the, like the third site that she approached decided to hire her, not just intern. I think she interned there for like a week and then they offered her a job and she's a full-time study coordinator now without my academy, without anything, right? I think she read my book. I think she watched the five-hour video and she watched some videos like this or listened to some podcasts like this where I give strategies on how to do this. So identify, map out, do your due diligence, identify which sites are in your area and identify what therapeutic areas they specialize in. And then go one by one. So let's say site A does respiratory studies. Then you'll go on clinicaltrials.gov and you will look up asthma studies. You will look up uh, different respiratory diseases and conditions on clinicaltrials.gov and you can map out those potential studies that those sites can participate in. Um, there's tons of studies on clinicaltrials.gov, so you've got to go to, you've got to filter it out. If you put asthma, you need to filter it out. You need to put not yet recruiting or actively recruiting, and you've got to put United States. You've got to put industry-sponsored, okay, where it says funding type, industry-sponsored, uh, and that should be it. That should be enough criteria to narrow down potential studies. Then you can start emailing those study contacts on clinicaltrials.gov from the sponsor or the CRO. You can start emailing those people. Um, the fact that you represent several research clinics in your area and this particular, these you have several sites that are potentially interested in the study 
And if they need to send any CDAs or feasibility surveys, they should send them to you. Now, keep in mind, you're not telling the sponsor that you're representing any one specific site because you're not yet, right? The site hasn't given you permission to do that yet. So I don't want you to get sued or get in trouble. You can just say that you work with several sites in your area. If you're in Atlanta, you can say I work with multiple sites in the Atlanta area uh, there they would be interested in asthma studies so if you if you need any sites let me know then I can give the sites the CDAs and things like that if they actually if the sponsors actually send you a CDA or ask you questions about specifics about that site even more reason for you to go to the site and say hey you know what I've been I, I do business development in the community for different sites and I've been approached by a sponsor about getting potential sites for this asthma study. Um, so you can go in with this homework. I mean, this would be the ideal situation. You don't have to actually go this far, but if it goes that far, go with it because that's that's really what the sites care about. But you can just tell the sites, hey, you know, I go on clinicaltrials.gov every single day and I look for studies for sites. If you want me to do that for you guys for free, I'll do it. You don't even need to pay me. What I want in return is experience on my resume. Because at the end of the day, that's how you become involved in clinical research. Like, shout out to the group Latinos in Clinical Research. We have a lot of members in here that are coordinators that are now started out as coordinators that now are CRAs and do other things, site owners, site directors. We have other people who are striving to be coordinators in this group as well. So one of the other things to do is network. We Latinos in Clinical Research, all ethnicities welcome. Uh, just go to latinosinclinicalresearch.com. The link is in the video description or in the show notes if you're on the podcast. So you basically got to go to the sites and tell them, show them what value you can provide to them. And people have used this strategy and have gotten hired. People that have watched my videos have gone and gotten hired using this strategy. Uh, another option you can go is you can go to the sites and you can do your due diligence with the research sites in your area and you could look to see do they have an Instagram page, do they have a Facebook page, do they have a YouTube channel, what do they have, do they have a blog, what does their website look like. Maybe you can offer your services for free like hey I noticed you don't have an Instagram page or I noticed you have an Instagram page but it's not very active. I can manage your Instagram profile for you. Here's what I want in return. I want just the intern here. I just want to volunteer here so I can get experience. I'll do the, I'll manage your Instagram for you. You know, whatever you need, I can do it. Uh, Facebook page, same thing. That's another easy way to get sites to bring, to take you on because every site needs these kind of things, but not every site has the time even if they have an Instagram page or a Facebook page. It takes a lot of time to actually manage that. It's almost a full-time job just to manage the social profiles these days in a 2021 world. So that's where you can come in and say, you know what, I can do that for you. And in exchange, I just want internship experience here. I want to put studies on my resume so that I can go get hired as a coordinator somewhere. And you know what? More often than not, 
they will end up hiring you because everybody wants, everybody, every site needs coordinators. There's a shortage of clinical research coordinators. So that's something that also works in your favor. Another thing that you can do is maybe you can do community outreach. So that means either doing community outreach for those sites to get them potential patients for their studies or doing community outreach for those sites to get the attention of other clinicians in the community to maybe refer patients or maybe work with the site. So you can tell the site that you are also a business development specialist in addition to getting studies or managing the social profiles. You can also do community outreach where you can go out uh, through lunch and learns. You can pass flyers out at stores. You can pass flyers out in different doctor's offices about the research programs that the sites have. Sites would love this. Sites would definitely let you intern there if you were to offer them something in exchange. All you got to do is get your foot in the door just a little. Once it's in there, it's up to you to just push it back, kick it open, and then you'll get in there and you'll inevitably start getting exposed to different aspects of site dynamics. Okay, And if they like you, they're going to eventually have you get more and more involved in the research aspects. Like, hey, go enter this data. Or, hey, Dan, this was one of the first things I was tasked to do on my first day working at a research site. Go buy dry ice. We need dry ice. Go to the grocery store and buy dry ice because we need to ship these lab samples out. So doing little things like that help you out. If you can afford to volunteer some time at a research clinic, you should definitely go the internship route because it won't last too long. If you are a hard worker, they are going to hire you at some point. So that's how you become a clinical research coordinator. If you are someone who can't work for free, you absolutely cannot work for free. It's going to be a little bit harder for you, maybe a lot harder for you, because basically you can't use these strategies other than saying, I have done business development in the past, so maybe you should still get on clinicaltrials.gov and try to find studies, studies for sites in your area so that you can go to the site or you can put it on your resume, familiar with clinicaltrials.gov business development. And then that will stick out to the site. If you put that on your resume or in your cover letter, that will stick out to the site. They'll say, what do you mean by this? And then you'll explain, well, I go on clinicaltrials.gov. I know how to contact sponsors and request that sites participate in studies. Um, actually do it a few times so that you can say that you know how to do it. Because once you do it, you're no longer inexperienced. You're technically not even research naive anymore because you're doing business development, even if it's for yourself as your own like sole proprietor. Uh, so put that on your cover letter. Uh, hopefully you have a strong background in medicine. You don't need a medical background to be a coordinator. But if you're not, if you can't go the internship route, you have to get paid somehow from day one. Then hopefully you have a strong medical background or something. Maybe you're a medical assistant and you could on day one draw someone's blood or do someone's ECG because you don't need training on that. You've already gotten the training on that. Or maybe you're a foreign trained physician. 
A lot of foreign trained physicians become really good study coordinators. And so why are they valuable? Well, foreign trained physicians are valuable because they understand medicine, obviously. They're doctors. They just happen to be doctors from another country. So they understand medicine. They understand drug, drug interactions. They understand lab results and even how to read lab results and how to read ECGs and all those kind of things. So that's valuable to the site. You can't really teach somebody that. You're bringing those skills to the forefront with you. So if you can't go the internship route, which I laid out in the beginning, I still think you should practice some of those things. The easiest one to do from the comfort of your own home is the clinicaltrials.gov business development where you're trying to get studies for sites. Put that in your cover letter. Put that on your resume. And even if you're going the internship route, you should put that in your cover letter and on your resume, as well as everything else you're good at doing. If you're good at managing Instagram profiles, do that. Put everything you can on there and then start applying or just go reach out to different sites. Use LinkedIn. Join groups like this, Latinos in Clinical Research. Join groups like my Patreon channel where it's a monthly mastermind where you get to meet other people from the life sciences industry. We do a monthly Zoom call live. There's so much business that we've done in my patreon channel and we've it's only been around for like eight months it's crazy the amount of business we've been doing with each other um i mean you gotta try to network okay latinos and clinical research absolutely free my patreon channel five bucks a month put yourself out there put yourself in these situations try to join the association of clinical research professionals you're not going to get acrp certified but try to join become a member um, and then try to go to their meetings if there's only virtual meetings try to do that just expose yourself to research talk to different people in your area about what it is that you want to do talk to different people in in your area about your skill set good people are really tough to find good coordinators are worth their weight in gold you can do it all right and let me know what your progress is following this video to the t you should have success good luck so hey everybody, thank you very much for listening to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. Again, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you leave a review if you could be so kind, please. Uh, and also go to the clinicaltrialsguru.com if you're interested in learning more about who I am, who some of my guests are. Uh, you can have access to some of my YouTube videos. Uh, I do a lot of videos about clinical research. So go to the clinicaltrialsguru.com and you can also call or text me anytime, 949-415-6256. Also follow me on any social media platform. It's Dan Svera. And you can also email me if you'd like, dan at theclinicaltrialsguru.com. Thank you very much.